Hello, welcome to Stolen Our Hearts, the podcast about ferrets and other exotic pets. Today I'm talking with Scarlett, who is a rabbit mum and rabbit advocate. So hi and welcome to uh, Stolen Our Hearts, the podcast about ferrets and other exotic pets. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, uh, I'm Scarlett Shuplot. I am, uh, well, professionally, I'm a social media manager for pet professionals, so pets are kind of a big part of my life all the time. But personally, I'm also the owner of a rescue bunny, uh, which I believe is what we're talking about today. Yes, I would love to talk about him today. Um, so, yeah, would you just like to tell me about um, your bunny then? Yeah, absolutely. So Houdini is uh, a rescue from a local shelter. We believe that he is or at least is mostly a Polish rabbit, or at least if you want an idea of what he looks like or, or acts like, that's what he's closest to. Um, okay. He's about three and a half, four pounds. He's black. And uh, the reason his name is Houdini. Um, the reason that they um, named him Houdini is because at the shelter they had only taken in dogs and cats for years, and no one had brought them a bunny in forever. <laughs> so all they had were crates for dogs and cats. So they had him in a dog, like um, not really a carrier, but it was like a fold-away crate, um, mm-hmm. and he kept escaping it. <laughs> As I do, yeah. So, <laughs> So they named him Houdini because they could not figure out how he was getting out. Um, oh, really? So, yeah, they, they said that uh, we don't know. The door is not open. He's just out. <laughs> so Did they I figure think it out? Space between some of the bars that he could probably just squeeze his way through. Uh, hmm. But the, um, I was there one day doing some photos for them because I do a little bit of volunteer work kind of helping them get some of their dogs and cats adopted and help them with some. Um, like ideas and training for social media. And um, I was there for that and saw him sitting out in the lobby and um, kind of started talking to them about the fact that I used to actually raise rabbits um, for the um, Arba National Convention. Arba um, is American Rabbit Breeders Association. Um, Mm. So I used to raise them, which I didn't know existed until I got my first rabbit, which if you want to go into that long back story of how I got into that, that that's a story too. But um, but anyway, um, I used to raise rabbits, so I knew more about them than anyone there did, and they asked me to foster them. Um, so I convinced my very, uh, very anti-pet OCD boyfriend at the time, who's uh, my fiance now, we, uh, he was uh, saying, we're not going to give me pets because he knows he will get obsessed with them and he will just spoil mm-hmm. them and not focus on anything else. Um, but he didn't just foster him. And as predicted about a month later, um, he kind of got to the point, he was just like, all right, go ahead and call them and tell them we're keeping <laughs> because they're not getting them back. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what did get you into rabbits in the first place? So I was at a flea market when I was a teenager, probably about 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never had a rabbit before, and uh, there were rabbits that were being sold there at the flea market. Um, so not, definitely not anyone who, you know, in hindsight, knowing what I know now, is very responsible with them. But 
of course, he, of course, his answers weren't something that I should have trusted, but he um, had the mother and her litter there, and he was selling the litter. And I purchased one and asked him, you know, how big is he going to get? And he pointed to the mom and said, no bigger than that. Well, he ended up being about three times that big when he grew up. Okay. Um, so that was my first rabbit. <laughs> his name was Naveed. Um, and just that experience, I loved him to death, but I was what I kind of started researching, you know, is it possible to tell? Are rabbits a thing like dogs where you can know based on, you know, their genealogy, how big they're going to get, mm-hmm. what they're going to look like? I, I got interested in that from that experience, mm-hmm. which is how I learned about um, pedigree rabbit shows and, and rabbits that, you know, just like there are dog shows, they have rabbit shows. Mm-hmm. Um, although they are a little bit more of an agricultural arm as far as the environment that you're in, you'll find yourself next to guinea pigs and horses and, and cows at a lot of the shows. Um, but I ended up contacting a, the, the nearest person to me was about 45 minutes to an hour away. Mm-hmm. any kind of rabbit, And it happened to be Netherlands War, which is um, up in the air between that and one other breed of which is the smallest breed of rabbit, depending on what your definition is. Um, but in my opinion, it's the smallest breed. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, you're looking for the shortest or the lowest weight, essentially. And it is the most compact, even though it weighs a little bit more than the other breed with the pretend of the They're very skinny, so they're taller, but they weigh less. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I will digress about rabbits down every single rabbit trail I can go down, so feel free to rein me back in. But anyway, <laughs> um, I ended up uh, showing and breeding Netherland Dwarf. Um, okay. And I did that for two or three years until I actually got married and, and lived on my own and bills became a thing that mattered more than paying for the upkeep of 50 rabbits. Mm-hmm. Uh, 50, you had 50. Uh, I had between 30 and 50, uh, if you included all the, like, the maximum number of litters that I can hold. Okay, um, wow. So I never had that many adults, but, um, but like, if I was in a season where I was breeding for trying to get new rabbits for, for show, then I would, um, I would have uh, up to that many, if I had, a, like, maximum litters of up to four for Joe. Um, mm-hmm. But that was something that, like, I didn't really, I didn't have as much turnover as a lot of other breeders as far as how much I was breeding and how quickly I could get through the line and improve my stock because I was very careful and kind of self-conscious about what was happening to these rabbits after I was breeding them. Because obviously, Mm -hmm. when you're in show, you're going to keep the best rabbits that are performing the best, but what happens to the rest? Um, And for me, that was really important. So I had um, made sure that um, I had channels to where there, my rabbits always had somewhere to go, and I never had to worry about like not being able to find a home mm-hmm. um, when I was feeding the rabbit. And worst case scenario, if I ended up not um, being able to sell a rabbit or give a rabbit away as a pet or something like that, then I I would rather keep them myself and yeah. not have room to expand than to like not be super confident about the people that were taking them. Mm-hmm. That's responsible breeding. Down a little bit, but I think that I think that matters a lot. And even now, like the lives that Houdini, the lives Houdini has compared to the lives that my rabbits had back when I was breeding, I, I look back and I'm like, man, I thought I was someone who took really good care of my rabbits, but Houdini is really spoiled compared to them. <laughs> oh. 
So how does Houdini live? What's what's he up to? He's got four he's got four rings in the house, and I don't think that I have shut the door to his cage in like six months. Wow. So even when you're out, he's out in the house. Uh, when okay. we first got him, he had he had moments uh, where you know only when we were giving him full attention he would be out. Um, we we let him have his own space and get used to everything, and then mm-hmm. we would let him out you know for a few hours a day, and then we reached up to a point where he would be out when we were home and awake. And okay. Yes. He just got to a point where like we just didn't put him away when we left. And then we didn't put him away when we went to sleep. And now he's got a little step up to the bed. So he can sleep in the bed with us if he wants to. Really? Does he? He does a lot. Um, he's less likely to actually just stay in the bed all night, but he's very lucky to come and check on us when he feels mm-hmm. like it or come, come get some pets. Um, he likes to wake us up in the morning when he thinks it's time to be fed. Oh, that's adorable. Love it. Um, so what does he do during the day like so how does he entertain himself or like what's that like uh, for him it depends on whether he's doing good or bad that day uh, <laughs> so there are as much as i'm an advocate for free roam house bunnies there are definitely some perils that come along with giving them that freedom like them mm-hmm. chewing on things they're not supposed to chew on and things like that um he is one that trained himself uh he's better trained himself within a week of okay. him so like that's never an issue for us, but one of his behavioral things we're, we're still working on is chewing. So we give him lots of uh, treats, the little wicker balls or wooden um, balls that you can stuff hay and treats into mm-hmm. or something that helps a lot. Um, there's so much cardboard around my house. My house is just covered in like, it, it looks like we're moving, but it's not. It's all he's in these cardboard because he chews on it. Um, and like, there's a cardboard castle in my living room that I made out of a movie box. Um, and uh, he, he, he likes that. So that helps a lot, but sometimes he does still chew on some wooden furniture and things like that. So it's okay. definitely something to be aware of if, if someone's considering to get a rabbit. Just like if you're getting a cat, you may have to be concerned about them and making sure that, you know, they're not going to scratch up furniture. Mm-hmm. Kind of the parallel there. Um, but when he's being good, he's usually tossing around his ball or um, playing with, he has a snuffle mat. Um, I don't know if you've seen those, that they're usually marketed for dogs. Yeah. Um, he has one of those that we put his pellets in every day and mm-hmm. he loves it. Uh, I'll find him laying down in his snuffle mat because he sits inside, inside of its diameter completely. Um, <laughs> or he'll just be sitting like in the middle of the snuffle mat, foraging around the edge of it. Um, mm. So really enjoys that and I think that helps a lot with um when it comes to feeding and keeping him entertained rather than just throwing it in a bowl like mm-hmm. we before we got it. Yeah. Um can you train him not to eat furniture or is that just you just have to accept it? Uh it, it's kind of like saying can you train a cat not to scratch your couch? The the broad answer is yes, but not all of them all the time. So there will be some rabbits that you could easily train to do certain things, and there will be some rabbits that will just never get it. Or yep. For him, I find that he does it more when he's been pent up. So we mm-hmm. actually have a halter and leash for him, and we take him out for walks. <laughs> um, so we'll take him 
like if it's just around our yard, we just let him out and he comes back in when he's ready. Like we go out and we watch with him just to make sure he stays in the yard because we don't have a fence. Um, but he just hops around the yard and when he's ready, he hops back up to the door. Um, I wouldn't recommend doing that intentionally. Like I do that because he actually has gotten out once or twice before he was allowed to do that. And we mm -hmm. learned that he was not going anywhere and was going to come back in. But I, I'd be terrified to, to do that on purpose if I wasn't sure he was coming back in, if I had never let him out before. Mm. So I don't recommend people just because you don't know what your buddy's going to do. He might hop around and come back in and he might, you know, pull. Um, I can't believe you do yeah, that without a fence. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> we did not intentionally the first time or two, but we had people over yeah. and they didn't close the door fast enough, or we would have, you know, be walking out the door and he would shoot past us. Mm -hmm. um, because he wanted to go outside and we were really scared the first couple of times that he got out because we thought we were going to be chasing him down. Yeah, um, totally. But no, he just, he just sat in the yard and chilled for a little bit, hopped around, ate some grass, and then came back inside. I was like, okay, wow. I guess that's fine. That's amazing. But yeah, I do recommend, like, if you don't have a fence, you should absolutely get a leash and harness for them. Um, but I mm -hmm. use a leash and harness when I take it anywhere that's outside of the yard, like if we go to the park. Or um, we go to the pet store a lot. Um, one of the pet stores locally knows him by name. So mm. we'll go visit them. Um, and he does like to just walk around there. Um, it's really funny because the first, when we first walk into the pet store, every single time he picks an aisle and it's never, it's not necessarily the same aisle. Mm -hmm. But he picks an aisle and he circles it about a million times before he decides to explore any other part of the pet okay. store. That's, that's weird. It's really entertaining. It's like putting yourself on your own little bunny treadmill. That's fine. Work out that energy. <laughs> hmm. Um, so when you take him out on a leash, does he go for a walk or is it more like he's just exploring and he happens to be restrained? Uh, it's more of the second one. It's definitely not like walking a dog in that you're yeah. like going in a straight line for the most part. It, it, it really is you have a hold of the bunny and the bunny is doing what it wants and yep. he hops around in all kinds of different directions um i have a video because i have an instagram for him where i'll occasionally mm -hmm. share pictures and videos um and i actually have a video that i made showing like the red light green light of him going for a walk mm -hmm. because it is it's like let's run really fast for five seconds and then stop mm -hmm. and sniff around and not move for maybe a full minute and then we're really fast all around halfway the yard and then stop <laughs> and then we'll hop over here slightly just gently and then stop it's, it's really amusing mm -hmm. but um you're definitely if you're going to take the bunny for a walk you're definitely not going any any measure of distance <laughs> mm -hmm. like it's going to be them exploring whatever area you set them down in for the most part mm -hmm. that's all right it's, um their walk anyway isn't it not yours <laughs> yeah exactly um okay i was going to ask what is his favorite thing to do or have or... i would say uh he does really enjoy going to the pet store or going to the park <laughs> but he so anywhere we go where he has to go get his harness on and get in the car he loves but mm. his least favorite thing is getting the harness on <laughs> like, yeah, same as my dog she won't <laughs> mm. he has not so yet to together he's about a year old and um we've had him 
Well, he's actually talked about a year and a half because we've had him about a year now. Um, but he has not yet put the two together where it's like, you know, harness means I get to go somewhere. Like yeah. I'm going to hide and take this, but as soon as it's on, I'm going to pretend, I'm going to ignore it completely and we get to go somewhere fun. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really entertaining. Um, I would say, uh, aside from going anywhere, um, he definitely is very food motivated. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, he, he absolutely loves uh, any kind of treat to where we've got, you know, a little stand that has this treat bowl on it. And if anyone stands there, whether they grab a treat or not, he's there looking up at them, like periscoping <laughs> on his back, getting as tall as he can so that he can look up at them and, and tell them, hey, it's treat time. <laughs> um, and then we've also got um, occasional we'll different fruit for treats. And his favorite is banana by far. Oh. Um, he's got to a point now where if I peel a banana and sit down on the couch and start eating this banana, I'm lady in the tramping it in five seconds. Like, he is on the couch in my lap eating the other end of that banana before I can even see him. It's yep. hilarious. <laughs> um, so that leads to another question, which is, what is the funniest thing he does? <laughs> so. That's up there. Yeah, that's definitely up there. Um, yep. he, he's actually really surprisingly extroverted for a bunny. Um, we've okay. had people come over um, to just kind of hang out or family to come over. We even had family bring toddlers over. And I expected him to run upstairs and hide the whole time. But most of the time, he actually, like, he's able to do that. And he does when he wants to. But a lot of the time, he actually hangs around. And even when the toddler was there trying to pet him, he was, like, staying in view of her, which was really surprising to me. Um, but... Yeah, he uh, he definitely does lots of funny things when it comes to treats. Um, in fact, uh, David, my fiance, has been known to sometimes get out of bed at six in the morning to feed him when <laughs> there's no good reason that he has to eat at that time. And it's certainly not the time that either one of us get up for the day. He will get up, feed him, and come back because Houdini has woken him up in the bed. He thinks that means that Houdini wants food. Um, and uh, another thing he does is he will like look at his bowl or his snuffle mat and then look it up and then look mm -hmm. at it again like he's looking for food and then look it up like and, and David says a lot of people say that rabbit don't have rabbits don't really have facial expressions which it's true in the sense of um, how like their mouth isn't going to go wide open like a happy dog mm -hmm. but if, if you know your rabbit well enough He's like, I know when that rabbit's giving me the stink eye. I know when he's begging for food. I his face doesn't change, and yet it's like he still has facial expressions. Mm -hmm. Really amazing. Mm. Yeah, I think ferrets like that too. Actually, <laughs> secret facial expressions that only the owner really gets, but it's real. Um, oh yeah, definitely. I've had ferrets in the past. So I get that. Really, you've had ferrets? Yeah, I had uh, four ferrets. Maybe 10 or 15 years ago. Um, oh. I, I, purchased, I purchased one ferret. Um, well, I, I say I went to purchase one ferret. Um, my partner at the time said it wouldn't be nice to purchase one. We have to get him a buddy. So we bought two yeah. ferrets. Then my friend um, and roommate wanted a ferret. So he got the third ferret, but they all mm -hmm. lived together. In and then 
later on, uh, after the roommate had moved out and left his ferret behind, mm. another friend literally showed up on my doorstep with a ferret and said, I bought you a ferret. What? Who does that? <laughs> no, no warning. She, she knew that I had them. She'd been over plenty of times. And she was like, there was a ferret at the store. I wanted, I, I, I thought of you. I bought it. And I'm like, okay. I oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Who does that? So, <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just, a, I don't know, a, a toy or something. Gosh, okay. <laughs> it, was, uh, it wasn't the thing where, like, because normally I am definitely an advocate of, like, do not buy a personal live animal without warning them. Like, yeah. you know that it's the thing that they want. But I, I think it was, like, she had she'd seen me with my ferret. She heard me talk about them. She, I believe... If I recall correctly, this is like more than ten years ago, but I believe we had actually both seen the ferret in the ferret in the pet store. Oh, okay. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, look at this ferret!" Blah blah blah. I, I already have three. I shouldn't spend money. Blah blah blah. So I feel like right. it was a scenario where, like, she knew I was going to watch and care for the ferret. Oh, definitely. Um, but still funny. Unusual. Very 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 sweet and surprising thing for someone to just be on my doorstep with a ferret. Hmm. That's awesome, though. I sort of wish someone would do that for me. <laughs> so here you go, baby ferret. <laughs> it is the only time in my life I've ever gotten that. The closest thing um, besides that has been there are kittens in my backyard. Come take care mm. of them. Um, yeah. Because um, there was a period of my life where I was, I was known for being the person to call if there was an animal that was going to need to be bottle fed. Um, mm-hmm. Because... I, I not only was able and willing to do it, but I had my job was set up in such a way that I didn't have to worry about leaving them. I could be there to feed them every three hours or however often. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom also had uh, a cat, a number of cats in her neighborhood that would like a very specific spot in her backyard to lay there, uh, to have their kittens. Mm-hmm. And it's a nice little secluded corner behind her house. And my stepdad would mow the yard, mow the yard, and mm. um, that would scare the mom away. And sometimes she wouldn't come back. Okay. And when that happened, they called me. So I think must have been four different litters over the years that they called me mm. and said, "Hey, we have kittens for you." Mm-hmm. Gosh. Uh, That's really fun. But... Very interesting. It's like here's here's four three week old kittens. Enjoy. <laughs> Sorry, can you hear that noise? I can't. It may be me moving around. I don't hear anything. No, it's not. It is my dog with some bubble wrap, which I'm just going to go and confiscate. So (laughs) (laughs) just remove that Uh, because it will. Yeah, I'm I'm taking it. How about you sit up here? Sit up here. Stop. Okay. Yeah, I have to take it. She'll just go straight back to it. okay sorry about that she's it's either that or looking her up and then she'll just be barking the whole time so she can just chill (laughs) um pardon 
I would say she can have the bubble wrap later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't throw it out. I didn't throw it out, Frey. It's just up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of putting things up, um, I mentioned that that little tower I have that the treats live on. It's actually, you know, multi-level, so it's also mm -hmm. like toys live when they just put away. But it's not like the first level is only about a foot off the ground. Mm -hmm. So I discovered the first time I put a lot of his toys away on it when I first got it that uh, I, I left him alone when I went upstairs for something. I came back down, all the toys that he could reach, which were on the bottom two shelves, were no longer on the shelf. He was like, I've decided it's playtime. And he went and got mm -hmm. the toys himself and just pulled them down, and it was so adorable. <laughs> I, guess, I guess as long as uh, it's something you're allowed to have whenever you want, that can live on the bottom shelves, and the treats and the things that you're not allowed to have whenever you want have to live on the top shelf. Yes. <laughs> Um, so with these treats, are you training him to do any tricks or is it just treats? Uh, so far, the closest I've gotten to a trick is if I want, like, it, and he will definitely periscope for a treat, um, mm. which is like when they get up on their back legs and they stand as tall as they can, um, mm -hmm. only on their back legs. And he will do that for a treat. Um, I haven't really gotten him to do any other tricks. Um, mm -hmm. So far, it's just... Um, We've mostly been focusing on things like um, enrichment activities instead. Yeah. Like we have um, we have those stackable cups that you get for toddlers mm -hmm. that are like the multicolored little cups that they can stack and unstack. And he'll unstack those. Um, and David swears that he will stack them back up, but I I haven't seen it. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> Set up a camera. <laughs> I need to see this too. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I've got some videos of him just unstacking the cups, and then sometimes mm -hmm. we'll put food pellets instead of the supplement. We'll put them in the, stacked inside the cups, and he'll he'll reach all of them. Um, and he'll mm. like because of that. That's what he's taken interest in the cups, even when there's not treats in there. He'll still unstack them. And um, I've noticed that like he he knows when to stop because the bottom two cups, for some reason, he will never unstack. Unless there's food in them, mm -hmm. uh, I don't. The way they fit together, like he can tell there's nothing in there, but it's really amusing. He'll unstack every single cup one by one and throw it over in the corner, <laughs> and then pick the next cup and throw it over in the corner, and he just never touches the bottom two cups. They always stay stacked. It's really weird. Uh, he's also really lazy about it too, because he'll unstack like the top two cups and then just knock the rest of them over and kick mm -hmm. them around to set them apart. That's how I was imagining it would happen. Um, in our previous discussions, you said that you have some bunny myths to bust. What bunny myths do you have to bust? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the one that I probably say to the most people who talk to me about getting a bunny or what it's like to have a bunny is um, the way I like to put it is most people when they are considering getting a rabbit, think they're getting a hamster. And in reality, it's more like you're getting a cat when you talk about the level of commitment, the amount of space they need, how much of a part of your life they're going to be, mm -hmm. um, which you know, is very much, in my opinion, a good thing, but in, in some ways a bad thing because it drives so many people to misunderstand what a rabbit's life should be and could be um, mm -hmm. and how to properly care for a rabbit. So, like, so many people will get a rabbit and they'll put it in a small cage and they basically, it's a cage animal. 
just like they would a yep. hamster or a gerbil. Um, and like, they may even try to make the cage interesting, but they feel like the rabbit belongs in the cage or it lives in yep. the hut, whatever. It's like, well, I mean, sure, but imagine if you lived in your bedroom and were never allowed to come out ever. Mm-hmm. And your house is this rabbit's whole world. Like, unless you take them for walks like who you are. But for mm-hmm. the most part, it's like being not allowed to open the door to your bedroom and, and go outside and just leave your house. Um, you know, you're going to survive. You might even be happy with the attention that you get from people who come to visit your bedroom, but you're not going to be as happy and fulfilled as you would be living what we consider normal life. Um, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the comparison I'll make for bunnies who live in cages or hutches 24-7. Like, they're not, you know, going to be necessarily 100% unhealthy because of it, but they can be so much more happy so much happier and show you so much more personality and be so much a part of your life if you just let them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's the, the most responsible way to care for a pet rabbit is to, uh, even if it's not 24-7 free roam, to give them some semblance of being a part of your life and being in the house with you the same way that you would a cat. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you look at it the reverse, if you try to tell someone, yeah, here's a cat, you put it in this cage and it just lives there forever and you get to look at it. They think you were crazy. Yeah, they would. Yeah. And, and like, if you, if you look at that reverse, you can see why it's just so much more enriching for you and the rabbit to, to have a house buddy. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Please pause that again because she's now got more bubble wrap. So I'm just going <laughs> to. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> confiscated this is the culprit <laughs> this little one <laughs> okay uh, but, but yeah so that's one of the biggest myths is just how much care they need and how much you know they can give you and be a part of your life yes um, like our, our buddy is just so much more personality than someone that I ever would have expected to have before I had gotten a rabbit. Mm-hmm. I was one of those people that was like, yeah, a rabbit is just a really big hamster. You know, it sits in a cage. You can pet it. That's about it. And then once I got my first rabbit, I, I realized how much more there is to it. And um, let's see, what are some other myths? Uh, feeding them. Um, a lot of people will try to convince you that the rabbit pellets you can buy at the pet store or tractor supply are the only thing you need to feed them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're actually like less than a quarter of his diet. So he has that. He has Timothy hay that he gets um, unlimited 24-7, which I'd say is probably the most important thing. If you're leaving anything out, like, uh, please at least make sure that they have Timothy hay because that's a big part of their digestive system and their health in, in general. Um, okay. But uh, beyond that, you know, he gets veggies every day. He gets carrots. He gets uh, romaine lettuce, things like that. And then when it's time for treats, he can have fruit as well. Um, so you already know how much he loves bananas. But yes. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they, they have a much more diverse diet. Um, at least they can. Uh, and in my opinion, they should. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's kind of fun because, um, you know, with my dogs and cats that I've had in the past, it really was, you know, you feed them dog food or cat food. 
Um, but mm-hmm. you know, there's so many more, even um, more traditional pet owners uh, that are starting to go out into like raw feeding or are actually fixing home cooked meals for their pets. And I never did that, but I find myself with the rabbit when I get up and make a salad for a snack for myself or David, I'll just make three salads. (laughs) And I I literally have videos of like the three of us all sitting there eating our salad. (laughs) The the same way with your lettuce hanging out of your mouth. I hope. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so I I literally just put out three bowls and I'm like, they all get lettuce. This one gets cheese. This one gets tomatoes. This one gets carrot. Only these two get dressing. And like, I just make us all three yourself. But I've never, I've never did that. Um, So it's also, again, I never really shared food with my pets that I had in the past. But sitting down, if I'm eating carrots or if I'm eating a piece of fruit, then Houdini gets a piece. And he knows, he knows as well. Like, if I go to the fridge and then I come back and sit down, the first thing he is doing is he's up on the couch to check whether it's food that he can have. (laughs) Oh. So he doesn't try and eat food that's not for him? Uh, He has a couple of times. He doesn't usually try and eat food that I don't give him. Okay. Um, like, unless it's food I've given him before. So, like, if I sit down with a banana, he's going to come at that banana whether I hand it to him or not. But he's also aware that he's allowed to eat bananas. Uh, but if I sit down with, like, a bowl of cereal, he's not going to mess with it. He might, like, sniff at it to see what mm-hmm. it is. But he's not going to stick his face in it unless I try to give it him a piece of cereal, which I never would. Um, the worst that he's done one time, he did sneak away when I had a pack of Oreos sitting on the couch on the couch and he grabbed an Oreo and he ran he hopped off with it the happiest hop you've ever seen Um, and he likes to steal wrappers as well things like pop tarts that have those really crinkly wrappers uh, or potato chips Mm -hmm. with a really crinkly wrapper he will steal that wrapper because he loves the sound it makes when he hops around with it Um. Yeah, was it? There's something I was going. There's something I was definitely going to ask. Um. So, is there anything for rabbits that they definitely cannot eat? Like how dogs can't eat chocolate. Um, anything that's like super dangerous yeah. for rabbits. Absolutely, I would say basically anything that is really processed, I would never give the rabbit. So mm. like that Oreo cookie, <clears throat> my dad really chases it and steal it from it. Yes. Um, there's, like, I mean, chocolate's not really good for rabbits. Anything that's got a lot of sugar in it, um, their digestive system is really uh, sensitive and needs a uh, really high fiber diet. So okay. anything that is like this really highly processed, low fiber food it has the potential to mess them up. Um, and then there is a, a long list of general fruits and vegetables or plants that they can't have either, um, which you can pretty easily find those online. Uh, I think the mm-hmm. only thing you've ever gotten a hold of where we were actually a little worried about them was they can have nuts, but only in very small doses. Like okay. I'll give them a small piece of pecan, but not like a whole pecan or like a handful. Um, because those can also mess up their, their digestive system, make them feel a little bit sick. Um, 
and he ended up eating too much pecan once and didn't eat for like two days and wasn't active. He was just sitting very still and mm. was really worried. Uh, so definitely be very, very careful. I would say just don't even give them any nuts. There's plenty of wonderful things for them to eat. Um, yeah. He just, there was a bowl of nuts that I have a bunch of friends over and there was a bowl of pecans sitting out and they were like, can he have nuts? And I was like, yeah, he can have a nut. But then all the friends wanted to give him a nut. <laughs> He's okay, but he did not have a fun time. And um, the biggest concern with food for that reason is that rabbits actually are incapable of throwing up. So if they get a stomachache, if they get nauseous, there's nothing they can do about it. They kind of just have to wait it out. Um, okay. Whereas, you know, most other animals, they do have the ability to expel something that's making them sick. A rabbit can't do that. Mm-hmm. So that's why if there's anything on the list that's like uh, they can have a little bit, usually I'll just say no. Um, yeah. Every once in a while. If it's something like, you know, um, rabbit treats, um, I try to not overdo it on the processed food that he gets. Um, I try to make sure his treats are more fruits and vegetables, but I have gotten to a point where there's one or two different types of treats that he does absolutely love that are like the manufactured rabbit treats. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do keep all of those, and he may have he may have one a day. Um, but we definitely have to keep an eye on how much of that. Mostly just so he'll get fat. Mm. He definitely lies about how much food he needs. Yes. He will lie. He will. He will. Like I said, he gives you the eye. He tells you he it's time for him to be fed. He's starving. He is. He's always starving. And there have been times where he has successfully tricked us because one of us will get up early in the morning and feed him and go back to bed. The other one will get up for work and think he hasn't been fed because he's very clearly telling us he has not had food. (laughs) He knows. He's a good liar when it comes to that. (laughs) Yeah, so it sounds like rabbits are a lot more intelligent than what most people think as well. if they're able to trick you and things like that so yeah absolutely Mm. I would say um that's another thing of when I say you know they're more like cats and hamsters is they have a really strong personality you know one rabbit is different from another in how they act and they will they do have ways of communicating with you they're just a lot more subtle like they're not going to come up and and wag their tail like a dog and bark at you because they're happy to see you instead (laughs) they might come and hop in circles around your feet um, so like they're much quieter and they are more subtle, but if you're paying attention to them, they do communicate with you and they do have really big personalities. Yeah. Um, that was another thing is so how loving are rabbits? So they show that they're pleased by hanging around with you. Is that the main thing? Yeah, how loving they are in terms of like how much affection and petting and cuddling they want is going to differ from rabbit to rabbit. He's actually one that prefers his independence a little bit more than some others that I've had. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't get him until he was six months old. We know that he was in one of those Easter bunnies, kind of like Christmas mm-hmm. bunnies. People will buy up bunnies around Easter and then realize they don't actually want them and then yep. give them away or, or let them go. Um, and that is what happened to Houdini, which is how he ended up in the shelter. So he was about six months old by the time we got him. And um, either because he did not have enough attention or because he had the wrong kind of attention, 
Uh, we don't really know anything about what his life was like, but mm. I suspect he spent a lot of time in this cage. So he yeah. didn't have, he was definitely one that was very slow to warm up. It took us a long time to even really get him to want to sit still to be pet. Whereas now he will definitely, he will hop up on the bed and shove us, shove his nose into our face because he <laughs> wants us to pet. Um, but it definitely is on his terms. That's why I say they're more like a cat, not more like a dog. It is, mm-hmm. they do get affected, but it is on their terms. Um, so sometimes he'll hop up on the couch and, and want attention. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll come downstairs and I'll, I'll see David just laying on the floor, letting the rabbit hop in circles around <laughs> him. So if you get down on their level, they will spend more time with you as well. Versus mm-hmm. if you walk past them, they're not necessarily always going to chase you down for attention. But if you come to them, then a lot of times, um, you know, he will start hopping around and sniffing in and want to be pet and things like that. Um, he's definitely not a lap bunny. I have had some that I could sit in my lap and watch TV for four hours and they would not move. They would okay. sit there and get pet. But he is not that. I don't think he sat in my lap for more than 30 seconds at a time ever unless there was a banana in it. <laughs> um, so he likes to be pet, but he doesn't like... He wants to be um, kind of in his own space. Yeah. He likes to explore. And he likes to um, go sit in his. He has his spots in the house that he likes, and of course, none of them are the actual rabbit beds or places designed for him to sit. Mm-hmm. Another way that he's like a cat: if you designed for him to want it, he doesn't want it. He wants the cardboard mm-hmm. box. He wants, you know, the thing he's not supposed to chew on, things like that. But. Um, but he does have spots in the house that he likes. And one of his favorites is literally right in front of the TV. So there's a, a space between our couch and our coffee table. Mm-hmm. where You can actually, there's no obtrusion of the floor, like where you can just see all the way to the TV stand. And he'll sit right there. And David's like, you, you see, he's doing that on purpose. He can see us. That's why he sits there. He can look at us and he can watch us. And I'm like, all right, well, I can see my bunny and my TV at the same time. I have no complaints. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, do you need to have more than one rabbit or are they personalities? Like some of them like to be by themselves, some like to be in a group or? I would say it's definitely, if you're considering more than one rabbit, go for it. It's definitely really good to have a bonded pair Um that's something that a lot of people do, and I think it's a really, really good idea to do. Um, there is some amount of bonding involved. It's not the type of thing where you you just put them together and they immediately mm-hmm. love each other. You um, There are actually, um, the most responsible way to do it is in very small increments. Like, okay, you two are in the same house. You can smell each other, but you can't see mm-hmm. each other for like a few days or a week or however long it takes for you to get comfortable with that. And then, okay, now you can see each other. Like you've got X pens next to each other with like some space between them. So you can see each mm-hmm. other, but you can't touch each other. Okay. Uh, okay, now we're gonna put you both on a table and we're gonna just sit you next to each other and pet you both while we try to make sure you're not gonna attack each other or nip at each other or mm-hmm. grunt or anything like that. And you just keep doing that until eventually they get along. And <laughs> there's just gradual steps and that's, in my opinion, the most responsible way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say no one's ever thrown a rabbit, two rabbits in a cage together, but they won't. They they might fight. They might, you know, not. Um, they they might feel like they're 
territory is encroached on. There's a lot of factors, so it's much better um, to gradually bond your bunnies. But having a bonded pair is actually really, really good for rabbits because they aren't able to understand each other, have the same subtle communication, always be there together uh, when you're busy or at work. Mm -hmm. um, so it is really good to have a bonded pair if it's something that someone's considering. Um, and definitely um, also better if they're um, fixed, mm -hmm. especially if they're girls, because female rabbits are actually the territorial uh, gender of the breed. Okay. So, um, which is something that I learned when breeding. If you're if you are breeding rabbits, you actually put the uh, doe into the buck's cage because of, to, for them to meet and possibly breed. Because if you put the buck into the doe's cage, she'll care too much about him being in her territory to think about anything mm -hmm. else. She'll defend her territory. But if she's in his territory, he won't care. He'll just be yeah. happy to see her. <laughs> so <laughs> so you, um, it, it is usually the females that are the more territorial um, and that becomes even more true if they're not uh, if they're not safe so uh, which of course if you're having a rabbit for a pet I always recommend staying and neutering the only reason not to is if you are like a 4-H kid or, or someone else who is actually um, showing them and needs them to be intact because that is mm -hmm. actually part of even if you're not breeding them that's actually part of the standard for a rabbit that goes to a rabbit show it, it has to be intact so like um, dogs yeah okay. yeah so if you're not doing that i see no reason not to stay or neuter um they live longer they're happier they're calmer it's definitely all around better um in fact mm -hmm. Houdini, when we were waiting on him to get neutered he was um he was getting really nippy um mm. He didn't have, you know, there were no other rabbits around, so he just decided that that I was the closest thing around most of the time. If I was if I was petting him, he was really anxious for attention. More so, like now he's a little bit more loose. He was very anxious for attention uh, when he was coming of age, and he was always like always trying to be pet, always trying to like get at my arm. And if he could get the right angle on it, he would start humping me. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then, like, if he did do that, rabbits actually usually grab the back of the doe's neck to hang on. So mm. because of that, he was also very nippy. Uh, so, yeah, that was something that definitely was good for him to get um, to get neutered. He, he calmed down a lot, very, very, pretty much immediately he calmed down. Because um, he seemed very anxious before that for you know the short time between when we got him and when we were able to take him to get neutered hmm. so do people argue about if you should neuter your rabbit like they do with ferrets like there's a controversial thing with ferrets about how um it could potentially cause adrenal disease if you neuter them early and so they're like don't spay them until they're this many years old and use a implant instead to make it so they're not fertile but um interesting no? uh, i i have not heard anything like that with rabbits rabbits are um, something that pretty much everyone in the pet community seems to agree that it's good to say or new to your rabbit right. i think the only people who don't are the ones who either 
again, don't have, haven't really gotten the education, have been told incorrect information, and feel like mm -hmm. they're more of a cage animal. Those people don't really tend to neuter them. Um, yeah. And then there's always the people who, um, you know, be like, but baby bunnies are cute. I, I might want baby bunnies. So they don't, mm -hmm. they don't uh, stay them for that reason. Um, like, I don't want to spend money on them, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> There's a lot of people too. It's like, describe it with $20. You want me to spend $50 or $75 or more to get it fixed? That makes no sense to me. Um, so there's also <laughs> that because rabbits in a lot of places are $20 or $50 and they're not that expensive. And because of that, people aren't just likely to spend money on their care, unfortunately. Mm. Um, I mean, you spend $2,000 on a dog, you're going to take it to the vet, but you spend $20 on a rabbit, you're most likely a lot of people are not going to, especially if it's like a parent whose kid wanted a rabbit. Those are the ones that are more likely to have them caged, less likely to take them to the vet, things like that. Mm -hmm. Never mind that the kid loves the rabbit, but hmm. <laughs> don't approve. Yeah. Um, uh, this question might be a little bit. Um, I don't know, because you got into them so early, but I was going to say, what do you wish you'd known before you got rabbits? Oh, no, absolutely. That's a great question, because when I did first get rabbits, I got into breeding very early, even before really having them as pets for very long. So I did actually fall into for a period of time the, well, this is their cage and they live in their cage and you have 10 rabbits and you have 10 cages and they just live in their cages. And I did do that for a while. And I, I, I look back on it now and I'm like, man, the things I did not know. Mm -hmm. like, I, I said before, I feel like I take very good care of my bunnies, but compared to Houdini, their lives are pretty boring. Um, but, you know, over time, once I got them and I started looking into it, started doing my research. So my first vein of research was, you know, are there different breeds of bunny? How do you tell how big a bunny's going to get? You know, I got really into the genetics, which is how I got into breeding and showing because I was very interested in the genetics and especially the color genetics of, um, of rabbits. But over time, I also went into, you know, okay, now that I have rabbits, how do I properly care for them? And mm -hmm. the first avenues that I went down were resources that were provided by other breeders or for the, or from the ARBA that were breeder resources, which do pretty much teach you to have a wall of cages and never let them out of the cage like right. they're there as stock either for me or fur or show and they're not muted pets and um that's kind of how i originally set up but the more and the more i researched the more i did find other places where there are other ideas of what a rabbit is and how to take care of them and you know what they need for exercise and things like that. So I did start having time. Uh, it got to a point where one of the reasons I had to stop when I moved out of my parents' house and I got married was that I, um, there was just no way to have a real job that is enough to pay bills and also care for 30 to 50 rabbits in a way that they each have time outside every day and mm -hmm. time with you and like, time to not be in your cage and uh, also be properly taken care of where you're constantly clipping your nails and things like that. So I would say that would have been a full-time job if I had kept it up. And it was at the time, like at the time that I did it, I really did, I had like a part-time job that was like a high schooler's part-time job. And I did that. Mm -hmm. And that was like, that was really all I did. Um, so it really did take up a, a large chunk of my time. 
Um, but looking back on it, I think that's a good thing because had I continued only listening to breeders and their opinion of rabbit, the people who are, you know, they look at them as stock and they, you know, they breed them for meat or for fur or what have you, mm -hmm. um, you have a very different view of what the animal is. And if I had stopped there, I never would have gotten a really good picture of exactly how wonderful a pet they can be. Mm. I think that's why it's so important that people talk about them and talk about their pets and share it with as many people as possible so that people do have another option, um, a different way to think. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. Uh, and there are also, at least where I am, people be almost a little bit because of the fact that people have a misunderstanding of rabbits and how much care they take and how, what kind of pet they are it kind of gives us some loopholes with certain landlords. For example, we're not allowed to, quote unquote, we're not allowed to have pets in this building. But, but it's a caged means, animal, yeah. What they mean is you're not allowed to have dogs and cats. But I ask, is a rabbit okay? Yeah, rabbits are fine. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. that happens a lot here too. It's just like, oh yeah, they're a caged animal, they're fine. But, you know, it's like uh, ferrets are not really 100% caged. <laughs> <laughs> they're in a cage and then they come out a lot so um yeah he has a cage there is a cage it's really just his litter box and the door never closes but a cage exists <laughs> yeah exactly it's like he totally lives in the cage all the time that's that's where he lives yeah but at least they're I assume silent so they're not annoying to neighbors anyway so I don't see the problem like that's yeah, the problem absolutely. with dogs isn't it yeah yeah, their problem here, they actually said they could be convinced to allow cats, but dogs are a definite no because we have a shared backyard and they don't uh, trust all of the cats to pick up after their dogs. Mm -hmm. So so they just say no one can have dogs. Um, and yeah. also, there is also a sound issue. So I believe dog barking is probably something they're trying to avoid too. But with here, the rabbit's totally silent for the most part. He barely ever makes a squeak. Mm -hmm much less to bark. And then the when he does go outside into the backyard, the neighbors love him. Every single neighbor is like amazed. Like they've seen mm -hmm. a unicorn. Like when they first see, like the, um, the neighbors right next door are, you know, adults that are probably twice as old as us. They're, they're definitely older than us. Mm -hmm. um, and when they saw him, like there are these, the guy had his friends over. So there's basically these, you know, 56 year old guys just hanging out in the backyard shooting the breeze smoking whatever and we see a rabbit hop by and they're like oh my god is that a rabbit and they were just so very excited like five-year-olds that there was a rabbit nearby that wasn't just a wild animal and mm -hmm. then on the other side they have small children like five-year-olds so every time the rabbit comes out it's christmas to them too and they've even walked up to david sometimes and they're like can the bunny come out and play oh that's <laughs> so, so everybody loves them. Mm. Um, and, and that doesn't even speak to, you know, once we get them on the halter and leash, nobody, nobody around here has ever seen that. If they haven't seen Hobini, they haven't seen a rabbit on a leash ever. <laughs> That's just not a thing. So it's, there, there have been times I'm in the park and they're like, what kind of dog is, oh my gosh, that's a rabbit. <laughs> um, what is your favorite kind of rabbit do you have a favorite or are they all good 
I do. I'm very partial to Neville and Doris. Um, mm-hmm. That was the breed that I raised, and they they have a special place in my heart, and they always will. They're like the grumpy old man of rabbits. <laughs> um, like uh, I actually the the last one that I had, his name was Wilfred Brimley because he just had that face. That okay. he's got this very he's very chubby cheeks and his very round flat face. Um, you could also call them the pug of rabbits, like because they've got very round, very squished faces. So, and their ears are very short, like they're, um, they're like one to two inches long rather than the traditional long rabbit ears. Mm-hmm. So they, they look like grumpy old men to me. Um, and I just, they're, they're adorable. Um, I'm very partial to them. I'm also a little bit partial to Holland Locks. Um, I think Holland Locks are, if you're looking for the cute rabbit, like that is just going to be a teddy bear kind of look, that's what you're looking for. Because it is also small, it's only around four pounds, and it is very fluffy, but it's not considered a long-haired breed, so it's not something that you're gonna feel like you're losing the rabbit in the fur like you would with like an Angora. Mm. Um, but they they are the ones that, they look like a stuffed animal to me, and they <laughs> feel like them too. They're very soft and plushy. Um, so if that's what you're going for, something that like a kid will find very cute, um, a hollowed lock is definitely your way to go. And they also have the floppy ears, um, whereas the Netherland Dwarf is just, they're also still very popular, especially in Japan, I think, um, hmm. mostly because they are the smallest breed that's common. Um, I don't think Britannia Petite are really common as pets because people want a fluffy, chubby rabbit. They don't want one that looks more like a hare. Um, mm-hmm. Plain Petit is one of those breeds that are very slender, so people don't usually go for them as pets as much because people want that chubby stuffed animal kind of look. <laughs> they prefer pet rabbits, I find. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked online for some questions to ask you, and one of them was, um, are they always cute and fluffy, or are they like ugly ones someone asked? So I was like, all right, I'll ask you that. Do you know of any uh, so-called yeah. ugly rabbits? When they're born, they look like naked wall rats. They, yep. they have absolutely no fur. Their eyes are closed. Um, so they, they look like, some, someone once told me he looked like a thumb when they looked at one of my kits that had just been born a couple days ago. Um, but yeah, I would say like they look, naked roll rats is about how, uh, how they look. Mm-hmm. And um, they are about the size of maybe a little bit bigger than your thumb, uh, right around the size of your thumb when they're born. And then over the course of the next couple of weeks, they, their fur grows in and their eyes open. And of course, by the time that happens, they're the cutest thing ever. They still don't look anything like rabbits. They still mm. look a lot more like a hamster or some sort of rodent than a rabbit. Um, and they grow into that within the first four weeks or so, where mm-hmm. they actually start to look like bunnies. But, um, but yeah, the first week or so of life, they're definitely not fluffy and they're definitely not what most people would consider cute. Um, but uh, I still thought they were cute. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they are cute. I've seen pictures and I remember going, yeah, <laughs> cute yeah, little it's animal. It's pretty easy to Google, like, you know, one day old rabbit yeah. and you'll find a lot of them. Um, they look yeah. like um, a lot, really similar to like baby mice and baby rats. They look, they look that way as well. Where mm. They just get in their eyes are closed and they just have that pink little skin or... <laughs> Interestingly, with rabbits, it's not always pink. It depends on what their fur color is going to be. A black bunny okay. actually has black skin. Oh. 
That's surprising. Hmm. My granddad had bunnies and I used to go in there and um, play with the babies and things. I was like, oh, my gosh, there's tiny ones in here. Because he basically just put them in there and left, let them go wild because farmer. <laughs> that's what a lot of people, yeah, that's what, if you're farming and if you're not going to show them and don't need a pedigree, that's what a lot of people will do is they just keep them all together. Um, and then maybe they'll separate a doe when they see that she's pregnant or is nesting so that the babies don't get trampled by the adult rabbits. If they're all I don't know what he was doing. I didn't ever ask. I was just like, I don't think, I guess he might have been eating them. Yeah, maybe. But he just had them in there with the chickens. So I was like, okay. Like yeah. whatever. There's a lot of people who they'll either you know farm them for themselves or they'll actually um, raise them for like a, a producer who will that you'll sell them off to um, meet and fur producers. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, in those cases, they actually don't usually keep them separated um, unless they are. There's some people who do that and also show um, that breed because like something like a Florida white or a New Zealand is that type of breed that is an industrial breed um, mm. where you'll find them being bred for fur or meat, but then you'll also find a lot of people who do that, they also breed them for a show and bring them to the shows. So because of that, they still keep them in separate cages because you just gotta know the pedigree. They mm. might keep like their males and females each in a separate cage, who knows. Um, I know that when I did my Netherlands dwarfs, they each had their own separate cage and none of them ever lived together unless they were litter mates in the same litter that had not been separated yet. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, what was I going to ask? Let's track. And I think it, back to the question of, you know, are rabbits ever ugly? It probably depends <laughs> on your personal standard of what is cute because there are like 40 or 50 different breeds of rabbits. And I'm sure just like all the different breeds of dog, there's some that somebody looks at and says, that breed is ugly. Mm -hmm. Just like some people look at a dog and say that that dog is ugly or look at, you know, uh, uh, what is it? The Mexican hairless breed or something. And then some people look at it and like, that dog is gorgeous. I don't know what you're talking about. It's so cute. Mm -hmm. So it depends on what your personal standard of cuteness is. Um, you can actually look at ARBA.net. If you go to that website, they have a, uh, listing of um, all the different recognized rabbit breeds in America, and you can just look and see, you know, if you find any you don't think are pretty. <laughs> <laughs> That's the challenge for that person to ask me that question. They can go and look it up themselves. <laughs> yeah. um, I think uh, lion heads are one of the most famous pet breeds now. They have uh, short fur on the rest of their bodies, but their heads have long fur. So they look okay. like a lion, they have a mane. Um, those, I saw some pictures of the very early iterations of them, and I didn't think they were very cute uh, because they had a lot of back and forth of breeding between different breeds to make that coat pattern happen. Um, mm -hmm. Like you, you had some that just, it, it looked like they just had these really weird patches of fur where they looked like they're supposed to be <laughs> A long hair and somebody just took a razor to them with a blindfold <laughs> right and like they had uneven patches um but i mean now that the breed is recognized and they're finished with all they're they're finished out and it's a, a full breed it's usually um a pretty even coat and they're they're really cute people really like them for pets too 
Hmm. Does that happen often, them having a new breed of rabbit, or is it uh, just a very rare thing? In, like, the past, I'd say it's between 10 and 15 years from when I started breeding to now. Um, mm-hmm. There may be two or three new breeds. That's still pretty impressive. Then. Yeah. So it's not, yeah, it's not something that happens all the time. It's it's about the same process of, like, getting a new dog breed recognized. Yeah. Like, if you breed two different breeds of dog together and you get something you consider new, like <laughs> these designer breeds, how many of them are actually recognized by AS, by the uh, kennel club or whatever. It Very is. Like, few of them, I think. It takes a lot of work to do that. But uh, so there mm. are some breeds that people are basically developing that aren't recognized. Um, and it takes a lot to get them recognized. And then the same thing within each breed, different variations, like a new color that isn't recognized. Uh, it takes the same amount of work to go through and get it uh established as a showable color mm-hmm. hmm. um i was gonna ask is there any surprising things about rabbits that we haven't already talked about uh let's see i think a lot of people would consider how much personality they have surprising i think the fact that they can be put on a halter and leash a lot of people <laughs> would probably consider it surprising um Honestly, how intelligent they are was the most surprising thing to me uh, because mm-hmm. the things that he can remember and the things that he has taught himself to do without us trying to teach him has been really, uh, really interesting to me. And just like he has figured out a way to communicate with us that I never would have thought he'd be smart enough to even want to do. Uh, mm-hmm. So how intelligent they are is probably the most surprising thing to most people. Yeah, I can see that. Um, uh, so I'd probably like to end this episode with, have you got any media with bunnies that you would recommend? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, ARBA.net is one that I already mentioned. It's a really good resource for just learning what different breeds exist in the U.S., mm-hmm. what they look like, what you can expect. Um, that's a good place to look if you're just curious or if you're considering getting a rabbit, you know, trying to figure out, do I want a tiny rabbit? Do I want a big rabbit? You know, what kind of shape of rabbit? Do I care about any of that? Or do I want to just go to mm-hmm. a rescue and see if they have any rabbit? Um, all of those are important considerations. Um, and then there is rabbit.org, which is the website for the House Rabbit Society. Mm. Um, and that one is uh, the one I would go to for resources on how to care for a rabbit, uh, what rabbits need, how to train your rabbit, um, what they eat, what they can and can't have as far as, you know, vegetables that are good for them or bad. Those, that's where I would go for that, that information. Uh, mm. I wouldn't ask them to occasionally put out an article that might be what I would consider a little bit extreme in terms of, like, how much you're going to obsess over your bunny, if that makes any sense. Um, there are some, any any type of animal, there's gonna be some animal owners that are like, you know, there's, there's dog owners and then there's dog moms. And then there's the people who carry their dogs in the purse with the diaper and yep. only feed it, <laughs> like, so 
like I feel like pet moms is really where I land when it comes to Houdini. Um, mm-hmm. And I probably some people will probably consider me a little more towards the obsessed side just for taking him for walks and things like that. But there's always going to be somebody who tells you like you you can't do this with your rabbit, you can't do that with your rabbit. And I'm like, you know what? If you find enough resources to tell you that it's safe, it's it's okay. Like don't let one article of somebody who is overly protective or overly obsessed tell you that something is wrong when you can see enough other resources to know that your good bunny is going to be okay with it. Whether it's, you know, somebody who says, you know, don't ever feed your rabbit anything processed and always make them a designer meal six times a day and stuff like that. Like that's, that's over the top. But most of the time the House Rabbit Society at rabbit.org is a really good uh, resource for the person who wants to take good care of a bunny who has access to a home, who's not a cage animal, who is a real mm-hmm. pet, but isn't like way off in left field. Um, <laughs> and then uh, just a shameless plug, if you don't want to learn anything, but you just want Absolutely. to see a bunny all the time. Yeah, um, please. Then you can go to uh, the Instagram account, Rescue Rabbit Life, and I occasionally post pictures and videos of Houdini. Uh, occasionally I'll post something educational or something that we learned in our life. Uh, like I think the most I've talked about as far as that line has been like, what kind of harnesses are safe for rabbits or not? Uh, mm-hmm. Because there are, there are some that are marketed for rabbits that are not actually safe for them because they have very fragile bones. So they need a full, basically a full jacket of harness and not the ones right. that are basically and buckles because um, they need full support. Um, basically, imagine like if you found yourself jerked up against a seatbelt versus if someone was grabbing the back of your shirt and you were running away from mm-hmm. The difference level of support there and how it's going to cut into you or things like that is why the particular type of harness that I use yeah. is the kind that I like. Um, but anyway, um, Sometimes I'll talk about stuff like that, but most of the time it'll just be look at look at this cute bunny eating a banana. Well, I think that's definitely worth it <laughs> looking at too. Um, did you have any other um, things you would like to plug, or that was it? Uh, I mean, that's it for rabbits specifically. I, of course, also like I mentioned at the beginning, I am a social media manager for pet professionals. So if you own a pet related business or you are in the pet industry in any way and you'd like some help with your online marketing then I definitely have some options that may be able to help you um, and you can get in touch with me uh, either at scarletshoeplot.com uh, which is s-k-a-r-l-e-t-s-h-u-p-l-a-t.com I'll put it in the show okay. notes sorry yeah perfect um, and then also Scarlet Shoeplot on either Facebook or Instagram it's awesome Okay, well, thank you so much for talking with me today. Um, I hope that everyone's learned something about uh, bunnies. (laughs) And I hope I can talk to you again about um, marketing, maybe. (laughs) Absolutely, I'll talk to you. Wonderful. Okay, talk to you later. Bye.